0: Everyone and welcome to Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Tom Adams with you, here to bring you the post-match reaction show to Bayern Munich's emphatic 5-1 win over FC Köln at the Allianz Arena on Bayern Munich's 121st birthday, momentous occasion. Unfortunately, it's at a period where fans still cannot be inside the stadium, but you know what? We still celebrated the birthday in style with this massive win, which provisionally takes our lead at the top of the Bundesliga table to five points over RB Leipzig. Of course, at the time of recording, it's about 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, in the U.S., so of course, Leipzig kicks off against Minchin Gladbach in just about an hour's time, so anything could happen in that match, but for now, we'll enjoy the temporary uh, boost to a five-point gap at the top of the table. And just to go through the scoring summary for you, started off in the 18th minute by Unexpectedly, Eric-Maxim Moetang, who headed home at the far post from a brilliant cross from Leon Goretzka, uh, and then in the 33rd minute, again, it was Leon Goretzka who this time set up Robert Lewandowski uh, just on the inside of the right corner of F. Sikhon's box, and of course Lewandowski tucked it home in typical Lewandowski fashion to take things into the halftime break at 2-0, Bayern in front. The second half started a little bit differently after Marcus Gisdahl had made a few substitutions, I believe it was 2 at the time. 4 minutes into play, Elias Shakiri uncharacteristically chipped Manuel Neuer from close range after some sloppy play at the back in, in Bayern's defense, which you know we keep on talking about these Bayern mistakes at the back that we do need to cut out if we want to start keeping consistent clean sheets, but nonetheless, Neuer was off his line a little bit to come out and try and close down the angle, but it was a clever chip from Skiri, excuse me, chip from Skiri and you thought at that point that Cone had found a way back in, but that wasn't exactly the case as Bayern refound their dominance and their footing in proceedings. And Lewandowski struck again uh, in the 65th minute. This time it was assisted by Thomas Müller, who had come on as a substitute for his first appearance since recovering from coronavirus. And as I can confirm from Derek Ray's commentary on ESPN+, Müller provided that assist with his first touch in only 14 seconds. After coming off of the bench, show what an absolutely incredible way to mark Thomas Muller's return, uh, and who else but assisting to Robert Lewandowski, and then from there on Bayern really started to put their foot down and assert their dominance in this one. Serge Gnabry, who also had come on as a substitute at the same time, at the same time, excuse me, as Thomas Muller uh, scored his first in the 82nd minute uh, when he slid in to tap home Luca Hernandez's. Cross uh, just a couple yards outside the six-yard buck. Might have been offside in the buildup, but then Hernandez's pass technically played the ball backwards, so he was thus uh, onside in that sequence. And then rounding out the scoring, it was Gnabry again with a very close-range header uh, and a, the cross, I, guess, I should say, was provided by Leon Goretzka for his third assist of the match. So a hat-trick of assists for Mr. Leon Goretzka today, and I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch. So, now that I'm done with the long list of the scoring summary, we'll just kind of get into this, and and I'll offer my thoughts on on the entire proceedings, and you know, in the comments you can let me know if you agree and how you feel this one went. But in all honesty, I made the analogy during the live tweets. uh, At one point, I believe it was after Lewandowski had scored his second goal, uh, the one that was assisted by Thomas Muller, I kind of made the joke that Watching the substitutions from both Marcus Gisdahl and then Hansi Flick was almost like watching 5D chess unfold before us because I think a lot of you will agree this game really went through its phases. I, I spoke a lot in my live tweet session in the beginning of the game about the intensity. It just really seemed that both teams were really at the races. They were really closing people down. No one had virtually any time on the ball in the opposition half, I thought, Cohn and Byron did a fantastic job of swarming whoever was in possession and, you know, didn't make life easy for offensive progression and offensive phases. And, you know, it, I think it, for most of it, I think it was Byron eventually finding ways to play around and play through F. Secon's press. I think one of the things that worked in Byron's favor was the fact that, you know, with set setup, sort of this, 3-5-2, which, which sometimes kind of switched into a different formation with, you know, five at the back, uh, Ishmael Jakobs and Marius Wolf dropping in a bit deep. I thought they were two guys on opposite flanks that had to do a lot of work on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think what oftentimes happened is even when uh, Esikon were able to catch Bayern out of possession and spring a counterattack, their, their numbers were so committed in defense that oftentimes you saw, whether it was Andre Duda, uh or Emmanuel Denis if they had gone forward they just run out of options and kind of run into no man's land and eventually get swarmed by by Bayern's defense as they would come back whether it was Boateng, Alaba, Alfonso Davies, meet, meep meet, with his uh recovery runs I thought he had a a handful of those today especially on uh Marius Wolf and Andre Duda who were just uh opposite him on on the other side and that just kind of my takeaway from that I was a little bit nervous in certain sequences when uh, Cole would break their counterattacks, but it just seemed that, you know, they were so committed to staying compact and, and making life difficult for Byron uh, in their own third that they kind of ran out of options going forward. And, of course, they still did have their chances. You know, Manuel Neuer had to be alert to situations and be on his toes uh, for most of this. But, you know, I think the statistics at the end of the day kind of kind of tell you only three shots on target from S.A. Cole, and I believe two of them had come late on in the second half when they were really stretching for a goal. Um, So, yeah, and then I thought after Chapo Moatang broke the deadlock, it sort of had to change things a little bit from FC Cole, and they started to have to come out of their shell. They started to have to adapt the way they played. Oftentimes when teams come in and play against FC Bayern, they really sit in deep and measure and wait for their chances to break forward. And I think from Gizdal's perspective, he would have been happy with that, prior to Chapo Moeteng scoring in the 18th minute, but I think he might have been a little bit disappointed with the few chances that Cullen had to scurry forward that they weren't able to do more with it or provide credible chances for Manuel Neuer to have to do something. Because, you know, given the game plan and, you know, that approach that so many teams have to take against Bayern, especially at the Allianz Arena, you have to make the most of your chances. And I, I think Gisdol would have been a little bit frustrated with that. And then, of course, when Lewandowski scored in the 33rd minute, you know, that, that didn't make life any easier. And I think that sort of uh, you know, set it off in his mind He's to the point where he had to make those changes at halftime. And, of course, I'm speaking of uh, Jan Thielmann and Janis Horn, who he decided to bring on at halftime. I believe it was for uh, Zikos, who at the time was on a yellow card. Uh, and oh, why am I blanking on this now? Of course, now that I'm recording the podcast, I'm blanking on it, but it was Zikos and I believe Emmanuel Dennis that had come off. It could have been Jacobs. Uh, He had come off as well as Rex Shabai, but I believe that was later in the second half. So I want to say the double switch at halftime was Zikos and Emmanuel Dennis, and I thought that changed things uh, quite a bit because in uh, Tielman you had someone coming on uh, to provide some defensive cover, sort of changed the shape or Excuse me, Thielman had come on on the wing, uh, and Janis Horn had come in at defense, kind of changing the shape a little bit. And I noticed after that, especially to start the second half, it seemed as if the shape kind of dropped into very compact, not a lot of spaces between the midfield and defensive lines. and it seemed as if uh Andre Duda and Janis uh, Horn or er, excuse me Jan Thielman were kind of those those players that were just sitting very high up on opposite flanks. Uh, and I think the idea from Gizdal there was to try and catch out Niglasula and Alfonso Davies when they were committed forward. And to large effect, it, it worked quite well in the opening phases of the second half. And that's uh, one of the reasons, or I should say that's part of the reason how Skiri's goal came about in the 49th minute. Yes, Bayern could have defended that situation a lot better. Also, I noticed that after the goal had gone in, Manuel Neuer was really, aggressively gesticulating to the referee for a, a foul call. I have to be honest, it was one of those situations where I was in the middle of typing something else in the live tweet and kind of caught the goal out of the corner of my eye, had to watch the replay. And from what I could see, I couldn't pick up a foul. It was just a lot of uh, indecisiveness and, you know, sloppy covering and sloppy play from Byron at the back as, you know, we're very susceptible to doing so. Uh, and at that point, you know, like a lot of you, I was a little bit nervous that we were really going to start to pile on the pressure and really dig in and, and perhaps find a second goal and I still thought that they were even after the goal for I would say the next five to seven minutes probably the better team uh, in the second half but you know then as I mentioned about you know seeing 5D chess unfold in live time, Hansi Flick uh, decided to bring on both Serge Gnabry uh, and Thomas Muller shortly thereafter uh, Scary scoring and making it 2-1 and that sort of changed thing and obviously as we know it, 14 seconds after coming on the pitch Thomas Muller tees up uh, his main man Robert Lewandowski in the 65th minute to make it 3-1 uh, and that i think just kind of deflated Sescons momentum you know psychologically the heads kind of dropped a little bit and you could just see that they were starting to run out of gas and the complexion of the match just completely seemed to change after that point you know it was attack after attack from Bayern and the chances started to get slimmer and slimmer for FC Cole, and they were few and far between. Uh, you know, Of course, I should say we did have that <laughs> very, very scary moment uh, from Manuel Neuer in the second half where he completely miscued coming off of his line. I believe it was either Max Meyer who had come on as a sub or Andre Duda, uh, who from a tight angle had put it on goal. It came off the inside uh, of the far post, and then eventually... Uh, at to where the ball had come out, Alaba was able to get first to it and clear the danger put. Uh, I know like myself, a, a lot of you probably had your heart skip a couple beats there <laughs> and had your stomach drop, but and nonetheless, too, you know, and a guy like Gnabry, uh coming off of injury and, and a player who struggled with, with his form this season, you know, it's kind of 50-50. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes he goes a lot of matches without having much of an impact. I was very pleased to see him get on the scoring sheet twice, and uh, I thought that you know His goal in the 82nd minute uh, came at a time when, as I said, you only thought that Byron were going to be the next team to score after Lewandowski had made it 3-1, uh, and as I mentioned earlier, he might have been offside in the initial uh, phase of, of the run of play before Hernandez had received possession on the left flank, but then obviously the play resets, uh, and Hernandez had played the pass backwards. I could tell Lewandowski was actually going for it because he was right in the mix too, but... Thankfully, he missed because he may have been in an offside position. And then Gnabry uh, slid in and, and tapped it into the 82nd minute for Byron's fourth goal. And, uh, and then again, four minutes later, provided that close-range header from the pinpoint cross from Leon Goretzka, who has clearly been watching a lot of David Beckham footage with his range of passing. I thought he was phenomenal today. His, his range of crossing, his passing, his work rate, his heat map was probably all over the place today. For me, I know he wasn't on the score sheet himself, but I thought, that was one of his best performances of the season, uh, which is great, and you know something we come to expect from Lam Goretzka alongside Yashua Kimmich in that dual midfield pivot. And so, just trying to end, uh, tie together my ramblings here. It really was like a lot of chess moves. I had uh, remember sending out a tweet about how Hansi Flick subs running a tally. Uh, so you had two goals uh, and two assists. So Thomas Muller's assist, Luka Hernandez's assist. Uh, and then Serge Gnabry's two goals, which it, it's funny to think about because especially this run of matches in Gnabry's absence and Thomas Muller's absence, that Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting has been getting, whether it's at central attacking mid just behind Lewandowski, or today he even lined up out wide on the left wing, just opposite Leroy Sané on the right flank. And a lot of us, certainly, since this is the first time we've seen him in that position, we're kind of scratching our heads. You know, we were all baying and calling for Hansi Fick to start Jamal Musiala, which he did uh, in Rome against Lazio in the Champions League. And I thought Musiala put in a fantastic shift. I'm sure a lot of you would agree that he was one of the best players on the pitch. Marked his performance with a great goal. uh, Then shortly thereafter announced that he was picking Germany instead of England to represent on the international level, and then also is on the verge of that new contract at Bayern Munich. Um, and he started today again, which wasn't as uh, effective as he was in Rome, but I think that was just part of the, the style and the game plan that Ezecombe were going to try and bring forth. Obviously, as the home team in the Champions, Le- Champions League in Lazio, you can't play very defensive. You, know, you have to be progressive and you know, expressive in in the way that you play. So I think that sort of probably benefited a player like Musiala. Today there was a lot of times I thought you know he immediately had someone on his back or someone right up on him when he would receive possession. So it's very difficult, you know, to be impactful in those types of situations. This is obviously as we know the Rom Deuter, uh, Thomas Muller. These are the types of matches where he's able to find those pockets of space a la his nickname and Musiala maybe doesn't have that in his tool set yet you know there was a lot of times where, where I thought he, he lost possession kind of easily but there's, there should be no indictment on his game and on his overall impactfulness at FC Bayern so far or how much you know he's going to be able to bring I thought this was just uh, the game plan from, from FC Koln was always going to make life a little bit more difficult for, for a guy like Musial. I still thought you know, he, he had a solid performance. I would say nothing negative about his performance today, especially on the overall balance with how Bayern Munich played. And uh, I, I'm very excited. I don't know about you guys. I think you feel the same, but I'm very excited to see him uh, get a consistent run of matches and, and keep performing well for Bayern Munich. Um, I know I just kind of went on a tangent there. I've had (laughs) several coffees while watching this match after sleeping in just a little bit uh, longer than I normally would uh, pre-9.30 a.m. kickoff Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, uh, so another uh, win. It's good that that Bayern is able to get two back-to-back wins, especially after two consecutive winless matches in the Bundesliga. In addition to that, is nice to kind of mark the occasion having Ganabry back, having Lallana back, both coming off the bench to great impact uh, to help us secure the three points. And yeah, I'm I'm very happy to be be sitting back here talking about a 5-1 win. It's always funny myself, uh, Jefferson, Fenner, and and Chuck Smith. We always joke internally on our Slack channel that we have you know during the matches if it's if Bayern start to go down or Uh, If Bayern have a lead and then they blow a lead, we're like, oh, great. Like, of course, it's my turn to talk about a match. That's an absolute uh, you-know-what show. And then (laughs) it kind of changes. I've been getting a little bit lucky uh, in that respect. I have this match. I've talked about the the 4-0 against Schalke. I've also talked about the 5-2 against Mainz. I think the only non-win I was uh, here to talk about was against Union Berlin and then Armenia Bielefeld. So I've been getting a little bit lucky in that respect. But nonetheless, that's pretty much my thoughts on proceedings from today. Um, I know I was a bit rambly today. I'm going to just blame that on the coffee and the fact that I started the podcast uh, like immediately after the full-time whistle without even taking a break like I, like I normally do to just like gather my thoughts for 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> so that is what I'm going to blame for the rambliness, but I hope it wasn't too bad. I hope you guys agree with some of my thoughts. And, of course, in the comments section, feel free to let me know uh, if you disagree with anything or if there's things I missed or if there's things you want to add to things I've said uh, for the post-match show. Uh, But with that, that is going to do it for the post-match show. Tom Adams talking about Bayern Munich's 5-1 win over FC Köln. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on Bavarian Podcast Works using whatever streaming platform that you use. Always leave a review if you have the time as well. It's always beneficial to us. And, of course, be sure to check out BavarianFootballWorks.com for all of your Bayern Munich and Demandschaft news and updates. Be sure to follow uh, all of us at BPW on Twitter, myself at TommyAdams71, Chuck at the Barrel Blog, uh, and, of course, Jake Fenner at Jefferson Fenner on Twitter. Uh, next time, I believe, I have to look at the schedule for one second, what will be next? Ah I queued that up quite nicely. Because our next episode, at the very least, will be previewing our Saturday, March sixth clash against a certain Borussia Dortmund. Their classic round two of the season in the Bundesliga. Dortmund are in a good run of form right now as well, after their win against Seville in the Champions League. And then their win today. So this is going to be an interesting one. As I mentioned, we'll have at least a Derek Ausblick. We will try to do a flagship full episode show in between now and next weekend. Uh, And who knows, maybe we'll do a little bit something special for uh, the run into this match after Bayern has won 5-1 and Borussia Dortmund has won 3-0 simultaneously against Armenia Bielefeld. But until then, thanks again for listening. Auf Wiedersehen.